Hello, everyone. It is time for some announcements here at Keys Vineyard. Hey, coming up May 3rd, one of our favorite things to do is One More Youth. We invite the middle schoolers and high schoolers at our church, that's like 6th through 12th grades, uh, to come to the church, and it's a night just for them. We'll have some cool games, we do worship, we talk about the Bible, uh, and of course we have pizza. So you won't want to miss that for middle schoolers, high schoolers, One More Youth, May 3rd, 6.30 p.m. Also coming up in early May, on May 4th, is our next Heaven City Limits night. Pastor Billy and Pastor Angie have some amazing plans uh, for that night of worship. That'll start May 4th. It's a Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Uh, make plans to go. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be there. You should be there, too. Also coming up, May 7th is our next Newcomers Lunch. Uh, if you've been coming to the church for a while and you'd like to introduce yourself to the staff, we'll be out on the front deck after the 11 o'clock service for a meet and greet with some refreshments. So great, uh, great event to be a part of if you're new to our church. And uh, I think we have a jam night coming up later in May. I haven't firmed up the date, but I will pick one out soon. And, you know, keep downloading that app. Lots of great info. And uh, my dad has some cool stuff planned uh, digitally for our church. But, um, yeah, I could talk about that not really all day, but for a couple more minutes. But I'm not going to because it's time to get ready for church. So here we go. Let's get ready for church. Woo! Hey, everybody online. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to go here. We've had a good early morning and looking forward to spending some time with you in worship. Then we're into our uh, series that we're doing, Questions Jesus Asked. Great question today. Uh, could you not hang out with me one hour? That's my paraphrase. So get your Bible, Matthew 26. Get comfy, get ready, because here we go. Woo! <laughs> good morning, family. It is great to see all your faces in person and to be back with you all. I missed you dearly last week and in fact feels like it's been many weeks. It was a very full week and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to spending time with you guys in worship and the word this morning. I'm going to tell you what we'll be doing in case you don't know the flow yet. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a minute. After communion, we'll have our time of worship and then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse and we'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms. After which we will have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We're in questions Jesus asked part 16. And uh, it's really good. I'm looking forward to you guys digging in. Before we do, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we are so thankful for the privilege of gathering together to celebrate and worship you. And Papa, we thank you for the ways you've shown us your faithfulness this week, for showing up in the little things, making yourself known to us to grow our faith. <laughs> Papa, we thank you for the new thing that you're doing inside of us. For stirring our hearts towards you. 
we can't wait to see what you'll do next. So we give you our hearts, Papa, and we say yes. We love you so much. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, you gave your only son to be for us both a sacrifice for sin and an example of godly life. Give us grace that we may always receive with thankfulness the immeasurable benefit of his sacrifice and also to try daily to follow in the steps of his most holy life. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes a third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship. And I'd just like to encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices uh, as we as we worship the Lord this morning. We'll see the words show up on the screen so you can sing along with. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. Anything is possible. There is no shadow that has ever overcome your light. There is no Stand against your might You've always been with us Every battle you've already won Oh, we've already won There is no Show me one thing 
love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, open up our hearts to just experience what you have for us today. Use the words that are spoken, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, everyone. So excited to see you. You guys look amazing, full of energy. Well, today's Bible verse comes to us still from the book of John. So we are in the book of John, and we find Jesus and his disciples leaving Judea and going to the land of Galilee. But on their way, they go through the city of Samaria. Can you say Samaria? Samaria. Good job. And guess what happens? They stop at a town that has a well, right? Wells. Who knows what a well is? It's um, a place that they use to get water. Excellent. Did you know that? It's it's a, yeah, good job. Yeah, it's a place where you get water. So he's there. His disciples leave to go find food. But Jesus stays back. And then a woman from that town comes to the well to get water. And Jesus asks, can I have a drink? And the woman is so confused because guess what, guys? The Jews did not speak to people from Samaria. It's like people from Key West not speaking to people from Big Pine. It's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good, right? So she asked Jesus. She's like, Jesus? Right, she, well, no. She asked Jesus, 
like, why, why are you talking to me, right? I'm a Samaritan. And Jesus tells her, if you knew who I am, right, you would ask me for a drink. And she was so confused because he said, and I would give you living water. And she was like, whoa, you don't have any water. And you don't even have a bucket to get it out of the well. And Jesus tells her, anyone who drinks, right, from this water will be thirsty again, right? And then our Bible verse for today says, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Have you ever been thirsty? Raise your hands. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. But Jesus wasn't talking about actual water. He was talking about his spirit, God's spirit. And it says that whoever has God's spirit has eternal life. So Jesus was talking about eternal life. I know. Isn't it amazing? And then, right, the woman was like, oh, I don't understand. But Jesus knew everything about the woman. Right? And she said, Oh, you must be really wise. And she asked him a question about worshiping God. And then she said to Jesus, I know when the Messiah comes, he is going to tell us everything. And then again, Jesus surprised her by saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you're waiting for. And oh boy, she was so excited. She left Jesus. She ran to her town and she told everyone about what happened. Isn't that amazing? I know. And guess what? Many people came to believe in Jesus because of what she said to them. It's an amazing, right? And remember how I told you that the Jews and the Samaritans did not speak to each other? That was a nice, right? Well, guess what? Jesus is not like everyone else. Jesus loves everyone. Who does Jesus love? Everyone. Excellent job. He loves everyone, right? And he came, right, to give everyone the free gift of eternal life, right? So if I say, do you guys want living water? What would you say? Yes. Excellent job. Good. All right. You guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Yes. All right. Repeat after me all together, nice and loud, so everyone can hear. John 4, 14. John 4, 14. But whoever, but whoever drinks of the water, drinks the water that, I will give him, that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Will never be thirsty again. Amen. Good job, guys. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Pastor Georgina will pray for them and will send them off to Children's Church. So excited. Guys, there you go. Where they're going to behave. Okay, so now we're going to... And learn. I'm just speaking into it. Thank you so much. And have fun. Sorry. All right, guys. So now we're going to pray. Who knows what we do when we pray? Can you hear me? How do we pray? We bow our heads and we close our eyes. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, for the gift before us, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that they would just love you, Lord God, that they will know you, Lord God, that they will search you with all of their hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Good job. All right, go have fun. Amen. Have fun. And do those other things I talked about. Welcome to the vineyard. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you here. Just letting the kids uh, clear out. Nice group of children. Very cool. If you're a first-time guest, uh, if you point your smart device at that code, with the camera on, you'll get a link to our digital connect card, name, phone number, email address. We would love to have that information. We'll send you texts and emails for the next five or six weeks pretty regularly, and then it will drop off to very, very rarely. Just uh, that's happening, but we'd like to do that. We also have gifts for first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on the way out. Uh, It's probably in the shape of a cup. That's right, a coffee cup, and it might have our logo on it. Yes, it must. (laughs) Hey, cool. Uh, When we gather corporately, we take this time to pray for our neighbors. This is to reinforce something that I ask you to do every day. We ask you to do every day. Pray for the people that live right around you. I, I think it's probably the most powerful, impactful ministry that any of us will ever have. And it's a ministry for all of us. So if you've ever kind of wondered, oh, what's my ministry? Well, here's one to start with. Pray for those people that live around you. Makes a big difference. So think about a couple of them right now. Kind of get them in your mind's eye. That's what I say. And let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move into their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. God, help us to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We're continuing on in a series we're doing called The Questions Jesus Asked. This is part 16. We've got, uh, we're going to finish up at part 19. So the end is in sight for those of you that are hoping for that. Uh, <laughs> it's been a good series. It's all based, this series, on the fact that Jesus asks lots of questions, over 300 questions in the Gospels. And what I've encouraged you to do as we go through this series is to be reading the four Gospels. Uh, four or five chapters a week. If you've been doing that this week, uh, you would be needing to read Mark chapters 1 through 5. And then make note of the questions. I think there's 17 questions in this next chunk. Uh, and make a list. The, the reason for the list is these are a great devotional tool. I just think it's a wonderful to have because you can hang out with these questions and they cause you to dive deeper into the Bible and into your relationship with God. And really what we've been doing on the weekends uh, is that I'll pick a question and we just hang out with it, so you get an idea of what I'm talking about. And today, uh, the question is, could you not um, hang out with me for an hour? I'm paraphrasing, and then we're going to talk about prayer. So that's where we're going. Let's get the bad jokes out of the way so you can pray for us and lead us in the reading of the Word. What's the best kind of music to listen to when you're fishing? Something catchy. It's a fisherman joke. I would have said something really quiet. And well, that's, okay. That wouldn't be funny, though. No. I went to a museum recently, and I saw a 2,000-year-old oil stain. Wow. It was from ancient Greece. Of course it was. I've been, I've been told that I have a dad bod. I, I like to think it's more of a father figure. 
But then Alice told me last service it was a granddad bod, yeah. which is even worse. And then I kind of limped off stage, and she was right. So back to you. Pray for us. Lead us in the reading of the word, please. Well, now yeah. I'm looking at your feet. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Lord. Let's, um, let's pivot a little bit and pray, and then we'll read the word together. Father, we are so grateful for your presence here this morning. For your presence, Father, brings faith over us. And when our faith rises, Papa, so does our hope. So does our our peace. So, Papa, whatever is going on in anybody's life, may faith usher in that hope and peace that we all need so desperately. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Matthew. This is chapter 26, starting at verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with them, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. All right, so in that passage, Jesus says to watch and pray is what he tells his friends. And uh, these things are connected, and we're going to talk about prayer in particular today. But in order to do that, in order to keep watch, which means to be on guard, uh, prayer is involved in that, in that we, we have to pray for endurance, and we have to pray for freedom from distractions, and that what happens with prayer often is that we are easily distracted by any number of things. And yet prayer is vital to our walk as believers. And that's why it sort of comes under this attack, if you would. The enemy wants to keep you from prayer. And so we, we need to understand like what prayer is and how we engage it. And there's things I like to think about with prayer to help me stay pressed in and moved in that direction. One of them is this, is that uh, I have this thought that we are most like Jesus when we're praying. Uh, he models it. He prays all the time. He demonstrates how important it is to pray. And I like that thought. That helps me. That Because uh, I want to be more like him. I'm sure you do as well as believers. And that prayer is one of those places where we are probably most like him when we engage in that. Another thing I think is really important when it comes to prayer is to remember that uh, prayer is kind of the, the language that, that 
connects us in that heaven and earth place that I talk about all the time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, quickly, uh, remember when God created everything back in creation, uh, it was a place where heaven and earth connected. He was here and we were there, and, and that's what the heart of God was, to be connected, connect the, the spiritual and the, and the human families, right? And so there's a heaven and earth connection. At the fall, that connection gets messed up. It's, it's not there. And so God's heart is to have it, and we quickly move through the Bible into Exodus, and you see his, he says, build a tabernacle, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to dwell there. My presence will be there. And so they build the tabernacle, and he comes, and once again, there's a heaven and earth connection point. And then they build temple later on, the people of Israel do, and his, his presence is there, and we, he's, you know, we see his presence there. And then uh, Israel continues to go their own way, and the, the temple is ultimately destroyed, and the people are taken off into exile. And you can actually read in the scripture as the presence of God lifts. And it stays that way for, unfortunately, quite a long time until Jesus comes back. And then Jesus says, you know, at some point he's like the temple. And it's a great picture of this heaven and earth connection because Jesus is fully God and fully man. He's a picture, a model of this connection. And then Jesus uh, lives that perfect life we couldn't, goes to the cross willingly, exchanges his life for ours, defeats the power of sin and the power of death, and rises again, and then he sends, and he sends Holy Spirit. And then Holy Spirit comes and dwells in the hearts of believers, and this is the cool thing. We're now the temple, Paul says. Uh, he says corporately, the church is the temple, and individually you're the temple. You're the heaven and earth connection point. You're, you're the place where heaven and earth connect. It's really an amazing thing. And that that prayer is sort of the, the, the language, the vehicle that keeps us uh, walking in that connection because that's where we find life. And yet the, the world is fallen and broken and we have a very real enemy who tries to distract us and to, to get us sort of outside of that amazing story that we have into a much smaller story that revolves around us where there's no life. And so we have to sort of um, press in to this idea of the importance of prayer. Now in the story that uh, we were looking at today uh, is this great story that's happening in the Garden of Gethsemane. And point one talks about the Spirit is willing. And I love what, what Jesus does here is he helps us to see this, this sort of battle that we're in and how we need to press through it and stay engaged. Because the, the Spirit, I, I think, you know, we want to, as believers, we have a desire to stay as close to God as we can and to grow and to connect and to walk with Him. That's our heart's desire. But we also have flesh, which is a, a problem and causes distractions for many of us. And so Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's gone there to pray. It's right before uh, he's going to be arrested and, and uh, crucified and everything is coming up. And it, he's troubled in spirit because he's fully God, but he's also fully man. He's got flesh to deal with as well. He does it perfectly, but he's got it. And he's troubled. And so he goes to the garden and he takes his disciples. Uh, I don't think Judas is with them any longer at this point. And so he's got, he leaves them. He brings all the 11 he has. He leaves eight in one spot. He takes three. With him, the, the ones that go with him do a lot of things, Peter, John, and James. I mean, he loved them all, but these were the guys that ended up where he went, right? And uh, he goes further into the garden, and he says to those three, I'm going to go right over here. Listen, I need you guys to watch with me, because I just need my friends right now. This is a tough thing that I'm going through. And he goes off a little further, and he prays. And he's praying, and he's you know dealing with what's happening. And, you know, he... He's, he's willing to go to the cross, don't get me wrong, but he's got to struggle through. He knows what's coming. It's not going to be an easy thing to go like it was no big deal because he was God. 
it was, it was a big deal to submit himself to everything that was about to happen. And he's wrestling through it, and he's praying. And then uh, he comes back to his friends, and in verse 40 it says, He returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he says, Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? I like the little three words at the end, too. He asked Peter. So nothing is there by a mistake. All three of them were sleeping, but he points his direction at Peter. Why does he do that? Well, previously, just previous to this, Peter has said to Jesus, listen, I will never leave you no matter what. I'm your guy. You can count on me. I'm going to be with you. All these other guys, you can't. They, they're probably going to that whole who's going to be the greatest thing. But me, Peter, I'll be with you. And I think he means it. I don't, I'm not picking on Peter. I think that's his spirit desire. That's, I'm going to be forever. But the flesh is harder to get in line. And he falls asleep while he's supposed to be watching and praying. Anybody here ever fall asleep when you're praying? No, I, I don't want to discourage that. I think it's a fine way to fall asleep. But you need to be aware that, that the reason a lot of times that we get distracted is because we have a very real enemy who doesn't want you to pray. And, and so this is the, the sort of the question. Could, he's asked, couldn't you hang with me for an hour? Um, and, and I also like this, because he doesn't beat up his guys. He, uh, he says to them, he says, look, I know your hearts are right, but you need to be aware of the situation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, and that's what we need to be aware of, is that um, maybe you're not any of these things, but I can be very selfish. Uh, I can get off track. I can, I can do all those things. And even though my desire is to be right there with Jesus uh, all the time, sometimes my issues get in the way. And, and this is just one of those things that I need to be aware of, we all need to be aware of, so that we get connected and stay connected where there's life. So we have this cultural dynamic that we face, along with a very real enemy who, who uses the prevalent things in culture to keep us sort of distracted. And those things would be worry and fear. And so we have to decide, are we going to be all caught up in worry and fear? Or are we going to be people of prayer and faith? And, you know, our, our culture thrives on fear. And, and if the enemy can get you afraid and get you worrying, you're going to make your, your story very small. It's going to be all about you. And you're going to miss the bigger picture of what's going on. And so prayer should be like the highest priority in our lives because it's a language we have to live in the place where there's the most life, this heaven and earth connection. But busy lives and sort of constant noise and distractions often keep us from having prayer is a priority. And it often becomes um, something that we sort of do as a last resort uh, it often becomes that. Oh, I have, maybe I should try prayer. I've tried everything else. Or uh, maybe at a meal, we sort of, that's a part of us, and we, we toss up a quick prayer at a meal. I've never been good at praying for meals because generally I'm hungry. <laughs> and I really don't want people to go into a long prayer if I'm ready to eat either. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's get to the amen. I can smell this food. <laughs> if it's going to be a long prayer, let's do it before the food's here. You, you get me. But, but, or, or we get to the end of the day and we sort of toss up a quick prayer at the end of the day because we realize we really haven't prayed any and we've got sort of the good night prayer. But uh, it's, see, there's more to this than that and that's what I want to sort of talk about. Now, if you've been coming here for any length of time, you know that I regularly challenge you to read the Bible. 
So those of you that are coming, I, I put that, I, I, if I don't say it every week, I say it almost every week, that you need to be engaged in the reading of this for yourselves. And we try and present it in a way that helps that, and you see how interesting it is. And, you know, I tell you it's divinely inspired literature. There's nothing else like it, and it's alive. And, and that the more that you read it, the more that God is revealed to you, and it draws you closer and closer. And it will continue to do that your entire life. You never sort of get to a point where you know it all. You just don't. Because the more you hang out with it, the more you realize how little you know, and you want to know more, and you get pulled back into it again. That's how the Bible works. And one of the things that I tell you... Uh, because I have to tell myself all the time, is that I have a very real enemy, and he does not want me to read this book. And so there's often this level of, a, of attack, of an oppression, that tries to keep me from reading the Bible. And because I'm aware of that, and because I don't like that he does that, I don't like that guy, I think, you know, that just because I know he doesn't want me to is another reason to engage and to press in to what's going on. And so that's a very real thing. Well, in the same way, the enemy doesn't want you to pray. See, he doesn't want you to have the promises and the hope of the Word and all that it does and grow closer and closer to God. He doesn't want that. He also doesn't want you to pray. And so he's, he's constantly trying to keep you busy and distracted and focused, and he uses uh, the, you know, the events in the world. He uses your flesh, whatever he can, to keep you from being people of prayer. If he can keep you from the word, what he does is it's very easy then for us to be consumed by the fear in our culture. It becomes more real than anything else. And if he can keep you from prayer, what he does is you get consumed with worry because it's kind of the enemy's opposite to prayer is worry. And, And so we get consumed in fear and we get consumed in worry and then what we do is instead of trusting on God trusting in God which is how we're supposed to make this work is we try and figure it out in our own strength and we just get busy trying to solve all the problems and work everything out and it's overwhelming and there's no life there but Paul tells us and you know this if you've been here this is one of my probably my all-time go-to verse I go to this one a lot in Philippians 4 it's supposed to be like this do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, I like that. That's way better than that feeling that you get when you're all wrapped up in worry and fear, right? Peace, isn't that way better? I want that. I want the peace of God. And so the, this, uh, what you have to, the connection is here is that worry and fear are the opposite of prayer and faith. And so we have to make a choice. Are we going to be, uh, we're going to allow ourselves to get caught just like the culture and just be consumed with fear and worry? Or are we going to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm a child of God. I have Holy Spirit living in me. I'm a, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And he's called me to be a person of faith and prayer. And I'm going to choose to do that. And I'm going to be aware that the enemy is trying to keep me from those things, so I'm going to press in even harder. Because I want to live this life in a way that pleases God and, and, you know, that I experience full and abundant life the way he's called me to. And, and it's being a person of prayer and faith will, will help me to live sort of a naturally supernatural life. And that's kind of the hope. And that's the goal. So that's why prayer is important. But here's what a lot of us get to. I said it earlier. I just don't have time for prayer. I'm too busy. Too many things happening. So what I want to do in a very practical way in the last few minutes that I have here is make you some time for prayer, okay? 
So now you're a little worried. Uh oh. Don't touch my social media. No, I'm not going <laughs> to. Oh. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Here's, here's the amazing thing. This is, I, I'm fascinated by this. So uh, Paul says in Colossians, you're to devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So that, that's sort of a reason for doing these things. How many of you would say that during the course of a day um, that you make time to worry about stuff? Okay, so wait, we're going to... Because there's time there that you're using for worry. How about, how about if I tell you this? That it's actually okay not to continue to do it, but let me tell you what it's trained you to do without you realizing. You see, worry is the opposite of prayer. It's the enemy's... It's like you're, you're, you need to realize that when you're worrying, you're, you're focused totally in the wrong direction. You're not looking at God. But prayer is the opposite of that, and it gets you looking at God. I don't know why God's over there and the enemy's over there, but whatever. So... So, so take that worry time and change it to prayer. Now, here's the other thing that worry is, is, has sort of trained you to do, and you haven't maybe even realized it. So how many of you, when you're going to worry, how many of you go, oh, I'm going to have some worry time now. I'm going to shut myself in a room, and uh, nobody mess with me, and I'm going to turn off the district, because I really want to focus on worrying right now, because that's what i got to do. Don't call me. Don't talk to me. Don't let the phone ring. I'm worrying. I don't think anybody worries like that. How do you worry? It's kind of just going on, right? You're doing other things while you worry. You're, you're driving somewhere, or you're, maybe something's happened and you've picked it up, but you're, you've got it going on in the background. So you actually know how to pray. You just need to change directions of what you're doing. And prayer is like that. There's lots of different kinds of prayer, but, but prayer goes on, it's supposed to go on in the background of your mind while you've got other things going on. You're connected because you're living in that space. And so if you just think, well, I have to make a special time for it when nothing else is happening, and that's true too. There should be some of those times, but it should be constant. It should be just part of who you are because you're his kids. You're naturally supernatural already. And you have the ability to connect with him. And so you, instead of dialoguing, uh, which is what you're doing with the enemy about worry, change it. Get moving in the right direction and you're dialoguing with God now. And you might even talk about some of the things you were worried about. Oh God, I'm, I was worried about this a minute ago, but I know you don't want me to worry. So God, I'm turning it to you. And God, what do I do about this? And what's going on? And how do I find some peace with this? And you just begin to talk with him. And you hang out with him. They are, they really just becomes this, this kind of ongoing conversation with our heavenly father. Or heavenly papa. I wanted to, I, I, so some, I call him papa here and that's rubbed off on lots of folks. And so you hear the word and not everybody's used to hearing God called papa and they'll ask me at some point, which is good. Why? And, uh, uh maybe they haven't done it. It's just an, it's a intimate term. It's, uh, it's me calling him daddy. But, but papa is the word that I use for it. And, and people have said, well, how do you do that? Well, um, in, in, in the New Testament it says we've been given the spirit of adoption, Holy Spirit, and we cry out, Abba. Father, which is the daddy thing. I've had a couple of instances where, because we have tourists all around, I've been at places and people who speak more of the Greek or Aramaic or language or something, I've seen their kids with their dads playing it a couple of times and I love it. I'll hear that happening. Abba, Abba. I'm like, oh, I, under, I know what that means. And it's cool. Daddy, Papa. But, you know, and I get it. So uh, when I had younger children, I loved it when they called me daddy. 
And, and that was appropriate most of the time. And then there were times when they called me sir, and that was appropriate. It's dependent on the circumstance. Same way with my heavenly father. Father's, you know, I, t- I have a total respect for him. But I also know that he loves me, and he's so cool. And he likes it, I think, when I call him Papa. And so I'll do it. And so the prayer then is just engaging with him throughout the day. Papa, I'm, this is an issue. I'm, I'm struggling with this. I don't want to get all caught up in worry. And here's the thing. If you begin to shift prayers into worries, um, one of the things that God is way more efficient, it takes way less time to pray than it does to worry. He's way more efficient than the enemy, so his way works better. And I think not only will you have time for prayer, it'll also free up a whole bunch of time for you to spend in the Word as well. And you can still do the other stuff that you're doing. So, so we engage in prayer. Prayer needs to be conformed to the Word. Uh, so I like to have these verses floating around in my brain. And a lot of times in that background, I'll just connect it with God. Hey, God, you know, any, any sort of insight would be cool on that verse. And he's fascinating the way he does that. And just pops in, Second Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed. Useful for teaching, rebuking, connecting, uh, correcting, and training in righteousness. Always. That's kind of what I'm trying to get behind. When I first read that, I was like, well, uh, how, how do you pray always? I mean, I don't... You have to stop living, and it's not what it means. And there's a great verse, right? Pray continually. That would be the verse. Just So it's one of those verses you read. Okay, okay, pray continually. Everybody got it? And you're like, no. What does it mean? Well, there's this ongoing conversation that we have with God and, and a connection that we have because uh, he's with us and he's near. And this is the, the language that we have. There's all kinds of prayers. Some people don't pray because they've, they've sort of got stuck on, the, well, there's, this is what prayer is and they've got it very narrowly defined. And, um, you know, there's, it's just all different kinds of prayers. Praying in the Spirit in, a, in, in all occasions with all kinds of prayers, you know, all kinds of prayers, and requests. So those you can certainly do that as well. But there's all types of prayer. There's all kinds of things. There's prayer of thanksgiving. Sometimes it just, it's just a great way to start today. Just be thankful. We've got God, I'm thankful. And maybe talk to him about some things that you're thankful for. And uh, there's prayers of confession where you go, oops, God, I'm, I need to get back on track because I'm not on track. And adoration prayers where you just tell him you love him. Hang out with him, and there's prayers of praise, and there's there's prayers of intercession where you're praying for others. These are these are all things that are going on. So so we don't only limit our prayers to asking for things or help, which is okay, which is part of it, but not all of it. Or we miss the majesty of prayer. How amazing is it that God wants to connect with us, and we have the opportunity to do it? And we've often just let the enemy rip it away from us, and it becomes almost non-existent. This life place that we have. We need to be alert. You need to be aware of what's going on and why maybe you're not connecting the way that you should. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray. Be on guard. The enemy's out there trying to keep you from doing it. Pray so that you don't fall in temptation. Spirit's willing. Flesh is weak. So we watch and we pray. And pray for one another. This is a big deal. Uh, sometimes you go, oh, I don't know what to pray. So pray for people that, that you know. Everybody needs prayer. Ephesians 6.18, with this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I said this last week. I don't think I said it at all the service. I said it at one of them. Um, But here's the deal. I don't know anybody who's not broken. I don't know anybody. I know a few people who think they're not broken, and they need more prayer (laughs) than everybody else who knows it. We We need prayer. I need you praying for me. I'm praying for you. We need to be praying for each other. 
because it's we're living this messed up world and we got this flesh that doesn't cooperate a lot of times and you know wants to do its own thing and we have to go no I don't want to do that I want to go your way God and so we pray for one another and it's so cool to think about that God is listening that God wants to be in relation to you God wants this connection and and you know with God so here's the thing with prayer that you sort of get to is that God is more than able, we were saying a lot of songs about that today, to change things and change circumstances. But what I find he does most of all when I pray is he changes me. And all of a sudden everything's different. And maybe he hasn't done anything in a circumstance, but me is changed. Uh, This is my favorite quote. I always bring it up when I talk about prayer. It's the C.S. Lewis quote. And I love this. He says, I pray because I, I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. And I'm like, ah, that's it. That's what is usually necessary, is that sort of connection with him so that we see things differently and we have a better perspective. We've got that big story going on, which really changes the way that we move into life. So hang on that and think about that this week. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over to the wall? People on the way over there are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, that sometimes we need someone to flesh on to pray for us. But let me say this, throughout that story, and actually I, I sort of told you the good news in that story, the gospel, is that Jesus came, fully God, fully man, lived the life that we couldn't, and then willingly went to the cross on our behalf where he paid for all of our mess. And then he defeats death and rises again. And, and he, uh, he invites us into his story. You're invited in. And you respond to the invitation. He's done all the hard work. You just you respond to the invitation. And the way we respond is really just saying, Jesus, I, I see what you've done for me. Thank you, God, that you love me. And Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? That starts everything. And if you've never done that, I want to encourage you. That's how it starts. Life starts there. Jesus... Will you be my Lord and my Savior? Do that. That's where life is. Amen. Good word. I don't know if you guys caught it, but in the message he said, we are people that are naturally supernatural, and that's how we approach the gifts of the Spirit. And um, whether it's a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or whatever it might be, and today I think Alicia has a word for us. Good morning, church. Um, so this morning, the Lord um, showed me that he's releasing the gift of faith over our church body this morning. Um, faith can be described as extraordinary confidence in God's promises, power, and presence. So in Ephesians, faith is described as a shield, which can shield you like things from doubt and fear and worry, like Steve was just talking about. And for this service, I saw that a large measure of the gift of faith will be released during your time in the word and also your time in prayer. So um, if you guys could just get in a position to receive whatever that looks like for you. Sometimes people have their hands out. They have their hands up. Okay. So, Father, we thank you for the release of the gift of faith over us this morning. And we ask for more more of you in our lives, in our thoughts, in our words, in our emotions. Strengthen your spirit within us. We're sorry when we haven't practiced faith, Lord. 
but create in us a hunger for your word and a longing to connect to you in prayer. We bless everyone here to receive the gift of faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good word. Thank Good you, word. Lisa. Yes. Yeah. Right. Thank you, church, for your generosity. We love partnering with you. You're so cool. And uh, we get to do so many cool things here and all over the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Let's sing doxology and we will dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Prayer is over there. These doors will be open for you. Have a great day. Hope you get out there, catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be kind in the parking lot. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, prayer. Like, it's huge. So get some time this week and pray and convert those worries into prayer. And uh, it's just where life is found. Yep. You guys want to say goodbye? Bye. Say bye. Bye. bye.